It's not getting it, getting it. And welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. You can search for the Law Party Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter. Good. Now that you've received your invitation, join us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Uh, Tell a friend, and welcome to the party. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let me introduce today's panel. Of course, our returning champions, Chris O'Connor. He is the co-owner of Liquid Nine Broadcast Media Production. Uh, Dave Elliott, we like to call him Big Dave. He's the owner of CNP Construction and the anonymous female because she doesn't want you to know her name. So, today's uh, episode is They Said It Couldn't Happen. Or a brief look into uh, National Geographic's list of the 100 biggest what the fucks in history and a couple of my own. Uh, so before we get in that, um, let me uh, do a couple of uh, RIPs. Uh, uh, one, uh, Alan Thick uh, passed away at 69. Uh, of course, he is uh, uh, now I'm blanking on the television show that he was a dad on. <laughs> Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yeah. Uh, he was a dad on Growing Pains, and he also wrote several uh, TV show theme songs, actually. Uh, and speaking of themes, songs, and music in general, he's also the father of uh, current artist Robin Thicke. Um, you may know him from his uh, big hit, Blurred Lines. Uh, and then also just past, um, at 99, uh, Zsa Gabor. Uh, it was past at 99, we found out. Um, and I want to quickly jump to some box office news just because... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, one quote from Jaja. Uh-huh. Jaja would always state that her former husband, she had eight of them, mm-hmm. would always leave her something. Their houses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually do remember hearing that this morning. She said she was the... Uh, Oh, how did she? How did she put it? She was the best. She is the best housekeeper. Yes. Every time she yes, leaves a husband, she keeps the house. That's <laughs> correct. Thank you, anonymous yeah. female. I yeah, mean, I thought that. Was I knew there was something too. in that arena that had to be stated. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty. Yeah, funny that is Jaja, baby. Yeah, that that actually sounds very much like Jaja Kabor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and her sister her sister was the one on Green Acres, right? Ava no. Gabor. Yeah. And she Ava played Gabor. on Green Acres. Yeah. Ava so, Gabor. She yeah. was, um, Jaja did a, uh, No. No Green Acres song? No, please no, don't. No, no singing. It'll get stuck sure? in my head. Uh, yeah. That's oh. a, um, that's a offer. She yeah. did the, uh, TV show, uh, not TV shows, um, you know, when you're a guest on a show... Oh yeah, she did a lot of games. She did a lot of game show appearances. Jaja ja- ja- ja was famous by her by just being famous. Yeah, she well, really did. Oh my goodness! Imagine that. Yeah, she the was the original kind of, Kardashian. I, I, I think you're right. I think well her done, and Ava well might have been the original Kardashians. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. What does Mario say? Strange. 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 That was a good one. I like that. 
right, so let's jump to uh, box office news. We don't always do that, but uh, uh, being a big uh, Star Wars fan, I just thought this was pretty cool. Um, Rogue One, uh, a Star Wars story, uh, had the second largest uh, December opening ever uh, with $155 million in North America alone. Uh, I think it was set uh, worldwide um, as of today. I think it was going to have $290 million. That's pretty... And we did go and see it out there in podcast land, and it is good. Um, and uh, anybody out there who ever wanted to see uh, more of Darth Vader being a complete badass, uh, see this one. <laughs> I was excited. I was a little kid watching they, Darth they Vader completely really destroyed. I know, Mario. Every time I looked at him, he was like... <laughs> I mean, he really was like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did a really good job um, tying three and four together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that's what that was supposed to be. Yeah, it, hap- it literally happens... Okay, so episode four opens where basically uh, Darth Vader and Stormtroopers right. bur- burst onto the ship. Literally. They board the yeah, ship. Yeah, well, but yeah. We have a landing party. <coughs> well, I'm being correct in saying that none of you three ever saw the original Star Wars in the theater when Excuse the first Excuse me, out. you would be completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, parents we're took all, me we're to all, it. We really were. We're all we young. But we went to the drive-in to see it. Yeah, we were all young. Yeah. I my my mom and dad were all about, I can't tell you how many movies, in fact, I was just talking to Mario about it, how many movies we went to the twin drive-in to see when I was little. That was a big deal back in the day. Oh, yeah. i just say that uh, me and my, several of my friends went, and we were uh, totally uh, enlightened. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it was a very interesting experience when all that stuff started flying through the stars at you. And oh, yeah. It was pretty cool, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Star Wars is one I, of the things that Back just in the day. I remember the scrolling and trying. my mom and dad reading it because we couldn't read that fast when we were little. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? Oh, yeah. I, I was saying uh, when we were in the theater. Oh, my mom, not my yeah. mom and dad. But. I said, no, there, no, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, no spoilers out there. But I think the only thing that bothered me. But after we talked about it, after the movie, I understood why it wouldn't have had. But there's no uh, text crawl at the beginning of this oh. movie. And I was, and so well, you know, you're always is different. You're always, no, yeah, like you're like, yeah, there's no yeah, ship, there's it doesn't no ship the way that the ships normally happen. right because it normally pans from outer space down to a ship or a planet and a ship, but and it starts in space and it does pan it down. Such a famous move, like it had never been done. Before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why they always is kind of an homage to and yeah to the original. Did you see um, Seven that came out last year? Mm-hmm. So it did the same thing, but this one. I mean, there was a uh, not a ship, but there was a yeah. No, it scrolls down to a planet, and but uh, it scrolls to a planet. But it was a like a. a Fighter that was going through the air. Right, right, right. right, right. I mean, so there was a there was an aircraft of some kind. Yeah, like yeah, it does it does the pan down. Gotcha. It does the pan down. It just doesn't do the kind of iconic Star Wars music 
nor does it do the text crawl it does at the a beginning. Version. It, does it does a do version a version, but it's not music. it's not what you think of when you. Well, so clearly Disney's strategy is to have major movies and slightly more minor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, it's like well, it there says, are uh, there, there the is the Star Wars saga, right. and then there are Star Wars stories. Yeah, there's so this is just a Star Wars story, right? Yeah, you're right. And, and uh, they had the um, you know in a. Long, a long time, time ago, ago like, in a galaxy far, far, far away, they, they, did, they did that, but okay. nothing else. Yeah, but wow. uh, so oh, that's yeah, and it was so really he, cool. He but was a little, he yeah. was like, huh? Well, Kathleen Kennedy oversaw; she's been overseeing everything for Island. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And 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 after after seeing the movie uh, and being impressed by it, uh, I did understand why because it's if you think about the Star Wars stories. Like, because they're going to pull out specific stories or specific characters and do movies on those. They aren't part of the saga. They're they're offshoot stories, mm-hmm. so they don't begin them the same way and stuff like that. So I thought that was, I, I, like I said, it was really it was really cool. So there was a scene in um, one of the ones they had on yesterday. They were playing four, five, and six, or four and five yesterday, and was it in five? Or they said Rogue Two. Yes. <laughs> Which you never catch before. You know, we're like, oh, we were both like. Like, that's why it's that's that's why why Rogue Two. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. I do like that. Uh, like, it did feel, even at the time, like it was such a well-planned out oh, yeah. mythology and story. I'm sure it's grown and changed over time and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I do love that they backtrack and put in, like, little. Oh, yeah. Well, you, like you have to know that he probably. Uh, had some stuff written and was like, no, this isn't, I don't think this is good enough. Because wasn't not, he upset ready, that they yeah. did Yeah, it's seven? not ready. Well, I remember yeah. that they, when I was a kid, there was a, <coughs> a poster that I saw in a reason where you start with four. And he said, well, I had this whole backstory, but it just seemed to kind of make sense to start with four. But mm-hmm. then he gave the backstory mm-hmm. back in 1977 right. about how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Exactly. You know, and all that. And I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, the mythology. Yeah, the mythology. I'll tell you something that was really amazing. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, go ahead. I can't think of what his character's name is, though. The general. Was it Patton? Not the general, the uh, <laughs> Patton. Um, you know, the one they CGI'd in. Oh, uh, 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 Tark. Yeah, General Tark. Okay. Uh, who, uh, he's so, the one in four. One? No, he's <laughs> the one in four where he's says at the beginning, you know, go. he gives the go ahead to blow up right. the planet. So yeah. he's dead. In oh, real yeah. life. He's actually yeah, he's actually dead. But he's in the movie. But he, yeah, they they did a full really, hologram of him. Now you might and it be was able convincing. to tell. You might be able to tell be, just because of the business you're in. But um, it they did, the really, the they did a really they did a really good job. ILM is amazing. I mean, he had there were full on scenes with him in it. So it wasn't. Yeah, he like wasn't just, just this, sitting at the table. He yeah. was a character. Was, was like, yeah, with with. Uh, dialogue. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was it was good. It's if you good. like this, if you like the series, I yeah. think you'll like this one. Like yeah. one of the best movies to ever do that. And this this was not a dead actor; it was very much alive. But it was interesting, and it kind of invented this new 
uh, way of doing filmmaking and perfected it, I thought, was the, the mysterious case of Benjamin. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They literally grafted his face on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was amazing. The number of replacement, digital replacement shots they did, and that was incredible. Yeah. Plus, they can go on forever. You're never out of subject matter with it because you're dealing with all these worlds and all these oh, yeah. all these races oh, and, yeah, yeah. and tribes well, and so, different things are you and characters. About Star Wars in general. Yeah, yeah well, overall. there's so much that they've done. <clears throat> they have whole backstories. Oh, we miss Patrick. That's too bad. Yeah, he'll be back. He's supposed to be back. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, there's animated short movies. There's the whole series that they have, the Clone Wars on Netflix. Yeah, the Clone Wars cartoon and the Rebels cartoon that actually yeah. tell a lot of canon story. Hmm. Um, yeah, at first I thought they were kind of throwaway for kids, but they really actually tell a lot of canon story. And um, Interesting. And Patrick is the one that yeah, yeah, told you about it because they tell a lot of uh, Anakin's story. Oh, really? That you yeah, don't while, get in while the movies. He, yeah, because he okay fought in the Clone Wars. <laughs> And of course, you would think it was all like a not month. the same actor. Those movies were such garbage. I was yeah. a kid, not following up on that. But yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I, I uh, if you like them, they I were, think you, yeah, it's yeah. worth going to the, the movies to see. Yeah, the I story's not, amazing. We, were, movies we, were cheese. Though. I accidentally bought 3D uh, tickets. You do not need to see it in 3D. In fact, some of it actually was, was pretty cool in 3D, but cool, you didn't need to see it. But there was some of it that that was back to the like everything flying at you stuff. Well, we were talking last time. Neither Dave or I can actually even see 3D stuff. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, the way it is now. I can't see it. Period. You only got one eye, so I can't. I can't <laughs> do the vi- visual, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. virtual reality, or anything. So that's right. I'm, I've been working on a lawsuit. It's oh yeah. <laughs> Well, everybody else can, right? <laughs> I'm discriminated against. It is hard you know? uh, wearing glasses and putting the glasses on. I'm going over for disability glasses. now. Hey! Yeah. Not. <laughs> I'm like, you're like half bionic at this point. So. I'm working on the eyeball, too. It'll come one of these days. There you go. I'll zoom vision and all kinds of things. There we go. X-ray vision will get me yeah, in trouble, so I'll have to put that on the side. Put that on the side. It's too bad Brian's not here. We could figure out the inflation of how much the $6 million man would be now. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, really. All right, so let's uh, let's move into today's... What the fuck? Uh, and the first uh, historical what the fuck uh, found in the uh, National Geographic was talking about... Galileo and um, how of course he originally was the one who said um, the earth revolves around the sun hearsay exactly yeah and uh, so it it says here um, his his actual quote um, I held as I stood hold um, as most true and indisputable the opinion of uh, Plut, Plutolemy. It's it's hard to speak ancient Roman. Plut, Plut, yeah, whatever that word uh, is. Yeah, uh, that is to say, the stability of the Earth and the motion of the Sun. Uh, Galileo's uh, renunciation um, came on June sixteen thirty three. I affirm, therefore, on my uh, conscience that I do not now hold. 
the condemned opinion that the sun stands motionless and the earth revolves around it uh, and have not held it since the decision of the authorities. But of course, that did not stop him from being on house arrest for the rest of his life. I like the last of the quote. I am here in your hands. Do with me as you please. For having been found vehemently suspect of heresy, the astronomer would then be spent the rest of his life under house arrest. Yeah. But still allowed him to do his amazing work and all of his crazy inventions. Oh, yeah. That a lot of them came true. Yeah, a lot of them came true. The man was a visionary. Yeah, so it's just, you know, at, it, for, it, it, to me, that particular WTF was not only did, like, he actually get oh. condemned of heresy. Did you read the bottom? What's the that? Holy Apology in 1992. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually do remember that. 50 years after the Roman Catholic Church denounced Galileo, the Vatican announced that the astronomer's ideas about Earth's orbit were all were right after all. I actually do remember that. And, of course, in 1992, um, I more than likely didn't realize that he had been condemned for heresy for, for no, those beliefs. No, I don't beliefs. think they teach that in school. No. <laughs> Uh, the second WTF, uh, the Titanic. Um, so this particular, um, uh, article was focusing on, um, J. Bruce Ismay, which he was, uh, What's he was, yeah, he was. In the head of the, what is it, White Star Line? Yeah, yeah, he was head of the White Star Line, and he was, of course, found with uh, the other 705 surviving passengers uh, getting um, off the Carpathia, which uh, rescued a lot of the lifeboats out Mm -hmm. of the water. And what was striking about that at the time um, is that um, the lifeboats were supposed to be primarily for women and children. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what what is this uh, man, and particularly this uh, this uh, this high born man uh, doing, getting off of the boat, and he became a real pariah. Um, yeah, the world's most reviled, or the the most reviled man in the world. Man, that that. Um, I thought was uh, was crazy. Um, not that he was kind of hated at the time, because you know, basically uh, the captain and just about every other man on the boat went down with the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the bigger uh, what the fuck was um, <laughs> that that the, the 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 notion that the ship was unsinkable in the first place. And he's the one who gave the order to increase the speed so they could uh, hit land a day early. Yeah, so they uh, <laughs> I like this. Uh-huh. Subsequent inquiries found no proof of such accusations. Well, everybody died. <laughs> that would have been able to tell you if he did it. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I definitely thought that was... <clears throat> You know, just, you know, you know, I, I remember in the movie, and I don't know if that's a real quote, but I remember in the movie him him saying, you know, not even God could sink this ship. And and, and, and as soon as he said it in the movie, I was like, well, I mean, we know what happens, but even in that moment, I would have thought, well, we're all going to die now. Because <laughs> you, you just tempted fate in a way that you should never do. 
And uh, so I just thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. Can I slip on it? Yeah, please. <clears throat> One I thought of today, uh, good WTF, Roswell. Oh, yeah? I was one of the great WTFs in American history because of the conspiracy and everything, the mystery surrounding it, <clears throat> which also leads to Area 51 and everything behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there, there's all kinds of things, magical pictures of the aliens laying on cots dead and everything else to mm-hmm. the claims that actually two spacecrafts were shot down, one by an experimental American plane that had an electric pulse device that disabled the spacecraft allowed come down, but it happened in 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico, and uh, apparently a farmer had gone out there and found pieces of this wreckage. Uh, the Air Force quickly wrote it off as a weather balloon. <coughs> yeah, but there were way, <coughs> way too many people that seen what they saw, and of course were sworn to secrecy, and. You know if there were bodies, you know if there was a spacecraft that got hustled out there and quick. And quick, yeah. And like I said, may have ended up in Area 51. So, hard to say, you never know. But I think that's a great WTF moment in American history because even today it has a huge cult following. I mean, they still go there every year for the for the Roswell incident uh-huh. and they all uh, I believe Roswell has a space alien head oh, yeah, on yeah. all their lampposts am I correct if on I that if I'm not mistaken and different it. things so yeah, yeah I think what uh, I think the biggest kind of WTF is you know how despite whatever evidence you know <laughs> how many people believe or disbelieve you know for that matter uh, that uh, that Area 51 is or isn't a real thing. Uh, you know, bring it. Somebody will all know. Yeah. So Area yeah. 51 is a real thing. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, like Area 51 is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know just, what's going what on there. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Area 51 some real real shit. Well, but it's it a does, no-fly it, zone, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's a yeah. no-fly zone. You can't drive within a mile or two of it. No, because the people that work there are bust in every day. Yeah, they, uh, they actually, if you try to drive up on it or walk up on it, uh, the the uh, armed uh, armed army jeeps will meet you <laughs> and uh, and turn you around uh, politely politely post oh sure definitely politely. so I'm always so the you know the question with Air Fifty One that I was that was interesting was you know is it what people uh, what the rumors say it is and you know that's where they've got the downed spacecraft and the alien bodies and or is it just where uh, America develops its kind of top secret technology and we don't want anybody near it? I mean, to, I think for the most, uh, you know, I guess sane and cynical, that would probably be the, probably be what they would assume that it really is. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm, I, it, and the reason I don't know is because you know there there's been so many people who said they've either seen uh, a UFO or have been abducted by aliens or something crazy like that. But I think what's 
What do you think happened to me? Well, I think what's more, <laughs> I think what's more interesting well, I is they gave you back. <laughs> what do you think they gave you back? I mean, I fell off twenty four foot off a building. God wouldn't take me, so why would an alien? <laughs> yeah, I think what's interesting really is uh, not that so many people have said that they've seen it or it's happened to them, but that so many of the stories are exactly exactly the same. The same. That's, well, but then put yourself back in the late 40s where you're, you're in the middle of a Cold War. There's all kinds of bizarre things going on. I'm sure we were testing out all kinds of crap. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I believe that everybody saw something Some bizarre that they had never seen. Seen before. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, so the stories match up. And that's yeah. great. Do I think it's an alien? No. Although, I am one who does believe in alien life forms. And, like, I, yeah. I think it's You don't believe they're going to come here and attack us? I don't think you would send a <coughs> one ship. <laughs> no, no, you know, no. Let's go check out this planet with one ship and an alien. Like that just yeah. seems ridiculous. Send one little scout ship. See what happens with well, one little alien in it. Cool. Yeah. Anywhere else. <laughs> what does seem weird to me, and I've always thought this, like, because I do believe it's probably a massive testing facility for all kinds of crazy crap. Mm-hmm. But now, if you're in another country, you know where we test all of our crazy crap at. So we're going to bomb anyway. Exactly. Yeah, if you're going to bomb something, bomb. Yeah, you don't bomb there first. Oh, I'm sure Area 51 is probably one of their their targets. I have a feeling probably nothing really happens there. But the mystery and illusion of keeping that up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was just fun. So you're busting people in every day. I mean, it guy. could just be well, it could just be where like America's like server farm is. <laughs> 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 like, like it's just a bunch of IT tech geeks in, in, in Geek Squad going oh, in there every day. Just <laughs> 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 it's funny. Uh, that reminds me of another one. I'm surprised this one did not make the list, mm. which is probably a little more serious. But the whole idea of the Manhattan Project in the first place. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the exact same area, which is a little uh, alarming when you think about it. Yeah, it actually wasn't in wasn't in the National Geographic at all, and I was kind of surprised. It's not due for a gap, but I mean, what it is like in terms of WT of the moments, that's got to be one of the biggest you know in history. Yeah, absolutely. You just now invented the power to destroy the entire planet. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's a WTF to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Doctor uh, uh, Strange, love. Yeah. Great, great <laughs> I'll tell you the one I like even more is Failsafe. Yeah, that one too. Which I thought was a brilliant film. Yes. Uh, speaking of destruction in a different way, that uh, gets us to the next thing on the list: uh, the 2008 financial meltdown. Um, so, of course, we know it, it starts with uh, Lehman Brothers. And uh, and they're doing, of course, all of their um, financial risky uh, uh, financial tools. <laughs> and uh, I love this first couple sentences of the. Go ahead. Of this. Go ahead. Uh, so it says Lehman Brothers CEO uh, Dick Fold. What did I say? Uh, Unfortunate, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> expected uh, expected his employees uh, to be the best dressed people on Wall Street. Appearances mattered. Uh, yet uh, below the uh, natty exterior, there was rot. Uh, oh, that just sounds so horrible, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, Lehman's uh, lending practices and risky real estate ventures had pushed uh, Fold's kingdom to the brink of collapse. In the face of disaster, the 
which, of course, the, the puns and plays on words are amazing. Uh, in the face of disaster, the cocksure CEO uh, dismissed offers to buy Lehman assets that might have saved his company. And on September 15th, 2008, Lehman Brothers was forced into bankruptcy, the largest in American history, uh, with $613 billion in debts outstanding. Um, uh, and quote... I and all feel, he could say was... I feel like okay. I want to throw up. Yeah. So did the uh, thousands of people that lost all their money. Yeah. And, and of course... Um, that was just the tip of the iceberg that you know led us to having to do a complete bailout of our banking system. Oh yeah, can which, I, did you read this? The but, bailout into the lap of luxury. Um, I, I did read. I did read that. Although I kind of grouped them together because um, they're both uh, well, bailout stories. I knew both. we we heard about this, but I didn't realize it was this much money. Oh, the AIG. A, yeah, a, what do you do with an eighty-five billion government bailout? Yeah, it well, says, you go to a resort yeah. and this all, spend. This also goes to something that caused me a great deal of pain and stress, mm. which was Dodd Frank and Fannie Mae and the redlining of loans to people that really couldn't afford loans, afford houses, and really led to the foreclosures. Yeah. That, that that crash. This, I, yeah. this is kind of an after effect of it. It is, but but but, but, but Dog Frank really brought a lot of this on, and they it, it is something in my opinion that really hasn't been put out there too much. For some reason, nobody wants to attack Dog Frank for it, but I think they were a great participator of it. I think they did, we, but I think the overshadowing thing, yeah. of the fact that the money that the banks got to help their the people and keep their businesses open they spent on themselves uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on I mean, the well not all of it and in fact the, you had the United States government forcing Bank of America to buy uh, what Maryland's at that point I guess you, I mean that was it, the redlining it, it was ridiculous and again if you really trace it back the roots of it were in the Carter administration where they made a law that said if you want to spend have a bank in a specific area, you have to lend X percentage within a certain radius of that area. And you had a shit ton of people who were not creditworthy in a lot of areas where these banks wanted to have locations. So then they were forced to, once again, by the brilliance of the U.S. government, to give loans to people who couldn't afford them. And then, and the banks didn't want them on their books, so they would just package them and sell them as high-risk notes mm -hmm. to somebody else, which is how the entire thing collapsed. But they knew Clinton for years Dodd-Frank certainly didn't help either. And you, once again, the same stupid asses who made the problem in the first place and now feel all this righteous injustice to you. Well, we have to give you all this money to bail you out. We should bail it out. You know? I'm not saying what the banks did was right. I'm saying the situation was created once again by a stupid-ass government interference, and they should just left the market alone. So and you never have been in this place in the first place. I agree with you that. But what you do with the money that you're given by the government that caused the issue, uh, in your opinion... The same government who decided that they can uh, devoid themselves of Obamacare, but everybody else has to go on it? That's a great one. Mm -hmm. You know, we have our own separate health care, but the laws don't apply to us. They only apply to you. That's that's the rules that the government makes. It's a complete yeah. load of bullshit. Yeah, now, so, yeah, that's always kind of bothered me about Obamacare. On a completely side note, is that that the government health care um, did not roll into 
uh, into Obamacare. They they kept their health care plan and they made everybody else yeah. uh, buy insurance from these insurance carriers. Well, they're, I, I they're, they're, they're always like, above above the law. It's, more, yeah. it's Orwellian. I mean, you I can should always, say above the law. Or, or, Orwell was so spot on laws. with it, with those books and wasn't even funny and what he wrote because. And how, how do you look at it, 1984 or Animal Farm, either one of them, yeah. <laughs> spot on. Mm. So, but if you really think about it, and I'm not certainly defending them, uh, but let's, I mean, really when you look at the overall percentage, yes, is, this a, is it a gross number to say we spent four hundred forty thousand on it? Of just jacking around, yeah, out of the $85 billion, that is, what, point zero 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 one percent of the money that they got? Yeah, yeah well, I think... I they think that really waste that on a daily basis. I think, I think the what the fuck isn't it's the, the so amount. It's, it's insulting. It, well, yeah, I think I think it's, it's not even the amount. It's the fact that whew, we dodged that bullet or the government helped us dodge that bullet. We deserve a vacation. It's like, the, it's the that's the what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand the hubris involved, and I think yeah. it, it's horrendous, and I think it's a problem. And they, they did that, and they gave the bonuses out. Yeah. That was the system. I mean, yeah. what do you want? Do you, do you want to get the worst people involved in there? Yeah. I mean, my God, this is why you pay your CEOs and executives big dollars. You need the best of the best talent. And so it's just a proportional thing. I mean, You're there was a there was a year, the first year that we um, had a layoff ever in our company history. Mm-hmm. Our CEO didn't take, you know, he gets shares every year, whatever. Sure. He didn't take any of that. What a great guy! Steve Jobs earned a salary of a dollar. He'd guess how much he was worth? Billions. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's on. my because point. Because they take stock. There's instead. a there's a at some point you can say no. Uh, but no, you're fucking greedy, and he you're going to take it anyway. I promise you, your CEO did very well that year. At well, no I'm sure he did. Money and, you know, <laughs> there was all kinds of shit on the back end, and it's a very nice public move to say, I'm not going to take a salary like Trump. It wasn't public. And we'll get to, we'll get to WTF Donald Trump later. But let's move backwards, actually. Way back. Columbus discovering the new world. Fourteen ninety-two. So uh, he discovered what though? Really? I, so so this is what's interesting that I thought. So when he is um, regaling to um, to you know to to the queen um, what what he discovered when he when he got there. Um, he said, they brought us parrots and balls of cotton and spears and so many other things. Um, they willingly traded everything they owned. They, um, they, they were well built with good bodies and handsome features. Um, um, they, did, they did not bear arms and did not know them, for I showed them a sword. Um, they took it by the edge and cut themselves. Um, you know, just, you know, kind of regaling what the natives were like when he landed in the Americas. But the next part is what uh, you never actually hear about, and that is, um, says Columbus saw the vast potential in the natives he met um, that fateful day, and, uh, and he says they will make fine servants. 
so with 50 men we could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want and so he did and uh, and a detail that is oft overlooked when we talk about Columbus discovering America or celebrating Columbus Day which is why I actually know several people who um don't celebrate Columbus Day, and and that is the very reason why. It's uh, you know the you know the only I, thing I, that I, troubles I, me about that, Rio, is that you have to go back to what was reality in that time period, and in that time period, the Spaniards or the bourgeois, whatever you want to call them. Could have been the French, could have been the English. Yeah. Could have been any of them. That's what they did. They took the indigenous people, they conquered them and used them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 and I guess... It was not a frowned upon thing. The worst thing that actually happened about Columbus landing was that the disease they brought with them, the, the natives were not uh, immune to those diseases, and it killed yeah. Many, 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 oh, many. Yeah, smallpox. That's oh, the yeah. worst thing that happened there. It was not the fact that they were using indentured servants. It was the fact that they lost a great deal of their population due to the disease. Now, Columbus didn't mean for that to happen. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But he but, did, but, but but the fact is that was that was the bottom line cause of it. And if you want to have a WTF, that's 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 really the worst thing than them taking indentured servants because that was a very common practice of the day. Yeah, well, I think the... Well, yes, to, you know, to, to your point, you know, but, uh, but you know, I think I want to go ahead and call a spade a spade because uh, I don't think that he was uh, taking indentured servants. I think he was just enslaving people because, you know... Enslaving indentured servants, however you want to talk them. They use them to do their labor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to, it's just to, the to, semantic to of indentured servant means at some point you can buy your freedom. Right. Do, and I don't think that. Uh, well, I that maybe was, I used the wrong term, but they, they put them into slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and used them for their purposes. Yeah, and, but you're right. I think the. That is exactly what they did with all things the, in those days. Yeah, no. I, I think every major power at that time did just that. You know, but I guess the 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 WTF for me was the fact that that little fact is the thing that they leave out of the history book. You know, when you're learning this stuff in grammar school, the high school, you know, it's oh he went and discovered well, America were, and they and they and they brought him corn and it was and it was beautiful. They, and they, but they, they don't say. But that's but but that's what they want to. That's what they want to teach children. Yeah, and they, and, they want well, to teach I, children about the founding of our world in a better light. And, 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 and I, I don't, guess, I don't and agree with become, that. I guess that's and as, my and as they become mm-hmm. older, then they can turn around and delve in themselves, hopefully, and go back in history and find out what some of the real truths were. Well, I see, because, you know, it's funny because with any conquest, any conquest, any time, anywhere. There's good of conquest. There's also bad of conquest. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I was actually having this conversation, and we were talking about parents and kids, and it kind of really talk uh, about a conquest. Yeah, it kind of uh, it kind of is the same thing. You know, I was saying that at a certain point, you know, kids who have issues with their parents or the, <coughs> excuse me or the way they were raised, at some point. 
just want their parents to acknowledge what what miss you know what they didn't do right. You know, not necessarily you know groveling, you know whatever. But hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I did the best I could, you know, or the best I knew how at the time. Uh, and uh, but and I think it kind of works the same because for most cases throughout history, there's never been a time where you know the the conquering says to the conquered. Even after, you know, the occupation or whatever is done, you know what? We 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 were wrong, you know. Well, and it has happened a couple of times. I won't say it's never happened. The Vatican apologized to Galileo. I mean, they were four hundred years too late, but they did. <laughs> I think everybody's made a formal apology at this point, but it's too little, too late, and it's hundreds of years after it happened. Well, I have a good example. My father was was not my best friend. My father was my father. Yeah, and he was hard on me. He's a very stern man. And I don't know. I think I was in my late twenties. Maybe, maybe I think it was maybe even after I moved out here. And this before my father. My father was not a drunk, but he quit drinking in his latter years. And he turned around, and looked at me, and says, "You know, I was probably too hard on you." Kind of maybe stand back a minute. And I paused. And I looked at him. So well, let me tell you something. You probably weren't hard enough. <laughs> But but you know what I, I was I was that hard headed, but that bit of it, it made a difference. Self analysis on his part made a difference. Made a difference, and I think you know these are, these are good things when they happen. Uh, when that yeah, exactly, and that, it, which is which is where I was going. It turned and, around and took our relationship and put it on a little bit different plane. Exactly, exactly. You know, you we know. never got to the point, fortunately, that where we said "f you." Yeah, no, no, no. He just no. plain old didn't talk to me for a long time. For, for <laughs> yeah, but you know, but but you know, but when it came back around, I don't know and, what, and what then when my father died early in life, you know, I didn't out. have we didn't have those regrets, and that was a very important thing. And that is, a, and that is a very important thing. So, um, moving forward, forward. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and this is uh, something that is. Uh, near and dear to the Pendergast uh, Club in particular, uh, Dewey defeats Truman. <laughs> really? So, um, the papers on the East Coast uh, printed Dewey defeats Truman and, and they, <clears throat> excuse me, printed about 150,000 copies of the paper um, that got distributed, even though Truman defeated Dewey. Um, and at one point, um, President-elect Truman stopped for photo opportunity at just uh, some erroneous uh, newsstand um, and uh, and held up the paper. Wasn't that in St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it was. And um, I just thought that was definitely, you know, yes, we get it wrong. <laughs> From time to time, and and I noticed in the past uh, two or three elections, you know, you've had like news channels, <coughs> excuse me, call call states too early or something like that. Like but, Florida, yeah, but never the mm-hmm. election too early. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that happening. I wonder. If, I, I, I'd be curious. You know, of course, Truman was a Democrat. Yeah. Did he win the flyover states? 
did he have a similar victory? I'd, I'd be interested to go back and see the maps. Sure. To see if he won a similar victory to what Trump did. No, he and, did and not. were the Democrats yeah, even what we would consider Democrats yeah. today? Or would they be considered what really we would like consider to Republicans today? No, I think I think starting with uh, FDR, Democrats really took on more of the progressive. Mm-hmm. Strangely, it was actually the Republican Party who you would have called the Democrats in under right. Theodore Roosevelt's right, 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 right. and he was very much a progressive. In fact, when he ran the Bull Moose Party, that was one of the most progressive platforms in United States history, and yet he goes down as one of the staunchest Republicans of all time. Uh, but he was known for busting trust and wanted universal health care and all these things that FDR tried to put through in the New Deal. Uh, so, no, I think by the time Truman came around, it was very much the Democratic Party as you know it today. The one weird thing, though, that I always thought was interesting is just the way they do the polling. Yeah. So, if you think about the way that they were polling people back then, and they had made this mistake several times, they would call people. Well, yeah. only the wealthier people had phones. Had phones. And so everybody was like, oh, I want to do a supporter, and this is amazing. But right. Truman was on a freaking train crisscrossing the country all the time, talking like every single farm you could find. Exactly. You could stop and go up. And, and, yeah, and I was about to say, that, well, sh- that, that, that strategy that sounds very familiar. That, no, that's, that strategy is <laughs> Trump's strategy. I mean, how many times did Hillary go to Wisconsin? Yeah. Not a one. Yeah, not a one. And where did she get her ass handed to her? Wisconsin. Well, exactly. So uh, these things don't happen on accident. No, they kind of don't. So, they kind of I thought it was interesting that there was a printer strike, so they were forced to run with a story just to get a newspaper just out. Just to get a newspaper out. I, I hadn't heard that part of the story. Yeah. So. Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast. The Majestic Restaurant and Pentergast Club, carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bolin, managing to keep the podcast going, apparently wealthy or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. What a lot of people in podcasts probably don't realize, land out there, Truman never took a pension after he was done being president. Never took a dime from the government. Well, he did very fine writing a book, and the government provided him a personal secretary, and he is a very nice presidential library, which they did contribute to and still contribute to, and he did have secret service for the rest of his life. Nope. But you're right, he did, they did not drop pensions. He did actually not drop pensions? Right. But there wasn't a federal rule in place that said you got to either. <laughs> so that wasn't until later. All right, now let's move way forward. Uh, and a, a little category I like to call, look at me, I can... Or the birth of reality TV. Um, personally, one of the biggest what the fucks out there. Now, the funny thing is, the. Um, it really didn't start with the Kardashians. No, it, which is what I was about to say. The funny thing is, the article in National Geographic actually focuses on the Kardashians um, saying that, you know, it used to be that, you know, you were famous because. Um, you could, you know, tell people about your accomplishments or whatever. Um, but uh, with the advent of reality TV, you know, you had people be becoming famous just because um, they were pretty or, you know, mildly interesting to watch. Um, and like I say, it focused on the Kardashians and, and their show. But I want to take it back even further than that because really, 
I've never considered the Kardashians a problem or the problem. I want to go back to the first real reality show. So <laughs> the real world. Yeah. So yeah. So it was not the re- not even world. close to the first real reality yeah. show. Yeah. So well, is in the first real popular one was a British one in the seventies. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, just going to say that. that was a British show that started in the seventies. But for American television, uh, in '73, there was uh, a show called uh, *An American Family* mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, a reality, a real reality-based show. And this was in the 1970s. Yeah, it was in '73. Mm-hmm. But for the birth of what we would call a modern reality show, um, I would say, let's go to 1992 and the real world. Um, and, and they're saying here it and, was the, the, and the beginning of the end <laughs> of, of, uh, of, of, of being on television because you had a talent now I will say this the first couple of seasons maybe even three or four seasons of the real world were actually pretty interesting um, but um, as the real world blossomed into you know a thousand other shows you know it may have it may culminate with the kardashians and people having no clue as to why they're famous in the first place but without the real world taking uh you know taking as they say seven strangers and put it in my house and seeing what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real if they didn't do that um, and then every reality game show and every, you know, getting voted off the island or out of the tribe or racing across the country or whatever, we probably wouldn't just be looking to keep up with the Kardashians. I would disagree tremendously. And well, yeah, you're in this industry, so. Well, nobody's in the industry more than Justina's, but. She has actually worked on several reality shows, but hmm. I would say if you trace back the history of it, not only was the British show, 7 Up, 14 Up, 21 Up, and all that stuff, a huge influence on television. What you also had that they don't say here was you had a writer's strike shortly after in the mid-90s. Yes, it's true. Where uh, all of a sudden people realized, well, we don't need writers. We can get rid of writers altogether. These shows are exceptionally cheap to make. And that's when you started seeing major networks pick up reality shows because you can do them non-union. But they're not reality. Right. They're still scripted. So there's a difference. There's scripted reality and then reality reality. Right. And then you have the idea of documentaries. Wait, before you you go on, tell everybody out there in podcast land what your name is. Justine Lavelle. And uh, and what do you do, Justine? Um, I'm a TV rep. That's what. That's what we. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that vague. Right. We'll take that vague title. It's a girl who moved from L.A. to <laughs> the Midwest and now is representing herself in the TV market. Trying okay. to sell television shows in the networks. So, yeah. All right. So please go ahead. Um, so the real world. Well, where do you want me to start? You have different kinds of reality shows. It's probably the best start. The real world, which was the first of its kind in the fact that it, they tried to tape it with just cameras going 24-7, 24-7. Right. And then you had the 90s, and they, TV producers, decided that it was a lot cheaper to do something called scripted reality. 
and then comes the Kardashians, and then comes the Real Housewives of... Well, and Big Brother. And Big Brother. Even Big and Brother even Amazing Race. It's all semi-scripted. Even Survivor, they set up things. I mean, I don't know anybody who works on those shows and doesn't have something that they have to fake to get the story to move along. So the real world was actually the first reality show. Okay. And then it cost so much money and time that slowly over time it progressed into this scripted reality. Yeah, you had cameras and So we call it reality shows for lack of a better term because most of America doesn't understand that. So you just call everything reality. But when you're in LA, there's scripted reality, there's follow along reality, there's different versions of shows you can pitch. And I would say even and I did watch the first season of the Riverwood. I loved it, but it was great. That was Seattle, wasn't it? No, it was in New York. That was New York. And it was the whole thing, if you remember the characters, they had uh, they set up these storylines that one, they didn't even know were going on, that they did all through editing. So they had they faked a romance between a girl named Julie from the South and Eric oh, yeah, the Bodybuilder. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That never happened. That was so all it was fake. faked or it was real reality. What happened was, was they, they created the storyline through editing. They had so mm-hmm. much footage that they were able to find storylines that they edited in such a way that made it look like this was happening when it wasn't happening at all. Right. Uh, and they didn't know anything about it until they saw the show. They so, didn't know that there was a real so that's just, in them. So it was that's a, lying through editing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> it's now mind. Mind. <laughs> right. so, yeah. Oh my god! Are you guys trying to tell me that Duck Dynasty is scripted? It's oh, all scripted. Yeah. Oh, my and heart. not only that. Oh, yes, sir. I, I have been destroyed. is making, and the reality shows I worked on is making real people actors, and that is the challenge that producers have, and it is fun. Not the easiest thing to do. But it's all in casting, and it's all in training because yeah. Duck Dynasty has finding the, the personality. Right. So they had the executive producer of National Geographic, which was 1,000% pushing Duck Dynasty. They knew those women were <laughs> to- really, really smart women. It's not the men that make that show. It's actually the smart women. Oh, I agree with you on and that. And so they pushed that. The first season of Duck Dynasty, if you look it up, they totally failed. The ratings were not that good. But the next season, and you just, it's like, what comes first? The ratings, or do you give people crap, or do people want crap? If you keep on giving them crap, they'll keep on wanting it. So, I mean, I always have this discussion. It's just, they learn to love it. America learned to love it. And if you keep on giving the same thing over and over, they oh, yeah. love it. Be, I like be, this being, some, being somewhat of a coon ass. I love that show. <laughs> well, we I might, get it. We might say, uh... I like this quote from Vanity Fair. What does it say? In 2009, Vanity Fair bitterly summed up the, the trend. The influence of, t- of reality TV has been insidious and pervasive. It has ruined television, and by ruining television, it has ruined America. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And that wasn't nice. Vanity Fair being part of the decline of real journalism. Slow down, slow down. Why do you think you ever see celebrities on their covers trying to push magazines? Really, they're hard hitting? Or issues. Yeah, so we'll we'll go from ruining America that way to ruining America's pastime. and that is sporting. What the So uh, in the uh, National Geographic, they had two stories that were side by side, and I thought they mm. they actually kind of both 
were definitely uh, what the fuck's first would be um, when McGuire and uh, which they don't mention him uh, uh, Sosa Sosa were going for the for the home run races and McGuire broke uh, Roger Maris's record in 98 as a court yes yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but you know um he was, uh, of course, he he had later admitted to taking steroids uh, in the years uh, after that, um, between like 98 and 09, 10 other players uh, that reached the career milestone of hitting 500 home runs. They, A lot of those people were either found to. Uh, they weren't technically steroids. Uh, At the time, they were a drug that they did. He. Remember, I remember that story. Yeah, they were taking HGH. There was that story you're thinking of was that they found Andrew Creatine in his locker, but baseball did not ban that, and you can get that in the GNC. Yes, that's completely different. And yeah, then the they HGH. did further uh, digging well, no, and found, found that the HGH. Vulcan or yeah, yeah, yeah. labs where everybody was going. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was the uh, uh, what's his name from New York that mm-hmm. got caught up in that. Well, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, I yeah. mean, they all did. I want, I want to tell a quick little side note. It has nothing to do with anything except for, you mentioned Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin. Two well-known boozers. had a friend of mine, an older friend of mine, he's in his 80s now. He had a duck camp up by Squaw Creek. And I guess Mickey Mantle and, and Billy Martin used to like to hunt ducks. And they'd go out and drink all dang night. And their place they actually hunted was the, the piece next to them. But they would... He would send parties out in the morning, show up, and Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin be passed out in one of his duck blinds waiting to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they were two major characters, let me tell you, both of them. Both, <laughs> both of them really had it going on. Of course, Billy Martin, when George Brett had the pine tar instant, was yes, the manager did. of the Yankees. And he was the one that turned around and threw that pine tar thing at him yep. and caused George to go ballistic. Even though I knew about it innings before. Uh, <laughs> anyway, didn't we mean tell, to interrupt, tell but that, home that home. was a story worth telling. Yeah. I, what I find a little bit hypocritical is, uh, one, the owners knew about it, they didn't care. In yeah. fact, to a certain degree, they encouraged it. Mm-hmm. Baseball never had any rules against it, which yeah. was their own fault, um, if they were so outraged about it. Um, and beyond that, the TV ratings were through the roof. Through the roof. And I can't imagine, if you got... Remember that they had the strike in the early 90s. Nobody was watching baseball. That That's almost true. killed baseball. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden baseball. you had this amazing home run race. Right. And I don't care why. In fact, I would encourage them to pass uh, up. <laughs> and you should take HGH and beyond because the game's way better. So, <laughs> well, they, they turned around and brought the game back. So Major League Baseball is willing to turn their head. Well, and and also, say, I, I see nothing. And... Uh, you know, this is good for baseball. This is getting it kicking again. Well, and this and, is so topical until it started right tearing them down with the Jose Canseco's. And it's so topical right now because they just let Bugs Bustle get in the Hall of Fame. Well, he presided over the entire steroid era, knew about it, and was the beneficiary of everything good that happened in baseball during that time, Absolutely. based on the fact that he had a lot of juice up players. Absolutely, so, it's it's a little ridiculous to me, and I certainly do not blame the players. But I can assure you, none of the Red Sox were juicing. Really. <laughs> Roger Clemens just had a natural cannon of an arm. Yeah, but I say, <laughs> hey, but I say, hey, and on that note, 
And on that note, we're very, very on that note, we're gonna go from one lie to one liar. And we're in a, in a piece that I like to call "My President Just Flew Away." <laughs> and uh, so, uh, another uh, Louis C.K. <laughs> My President Just Quit Being the President. He got in a helicopter and just. Flew away. <laughs> so, I am not a crook. Yeah. So, and of course, the what WTF we're talking about is Nixon. Tricky Dick. So, uh, um, what was it August of '74? Uh, um, uh, convicted of high crimes uh, for covering up. Uh, the, Wasn't convicted. Mm-hmm. Was it? Was uh, facing an impeachment. And, yes. yes, and decided to and decided to resign. resign. Uh, says it says here that history will treat me more kindly uh, than my contemporaries. Yeah, uh, I think that's true. That's borne out. Yeah, this is actually true. Yes, I think so. But I, I thought that uh, you know the fact that, um, and of course you probably can, but in modern <coughs> history, um, I can't remember uh, another president. Just saying, okay, um, yeah, I'm I'm done, <laughs> and, and leaving the office. So that definitely had to get on the list of what the fuck. Yeah, not leaving the office for sure. But well, history. Uh, there were a lot of presidents who basically abdicated all their responsibilities to other people. And so yeah, like, yeah. Screw it, I'll just hang out till I'm done and then leave. Uh, yeah. You know, and then there were people, other presidents who were so incapacitated, but they kept it from yeah. the American public. Woodrow Wilson was a shell of a human being. In the last two years of his presidency, well, his they wife said that they—they they said that they figured out that Reagan had Alzheimer's during his last term. Nancy Reagan was in charge of a lot of things and signed actually kind of forged his name on a lot of documents. Yeah, still uh, had some kick-ass speeches though. Uh, yeah. also Will know, history uh, treat me more kindly Kennedy, than my contemporaries? I've heard that. Uh, other I mean, offices. Yeah, that, yeah. that wasn't a major thing. Kennedy yeah. certainly had a yeah. number of It's just a matter of who gets caught and who doesn't. And that's yeah. Yeah. Totally very true. And he was a moron for taking everything. Yeah. yeah. Which takes us from one president to another in what I like to call Bill <laughs> and the Blue Dress. I like I like their title. <laughs> Can I sing that? Devil by a Blue Dress. Yeah, but Devil <laughs> by a Blue Dress. Still uh, can't sing the Blue Dress song? Uh, no, okay. but thank you for offering. Uh, January 98 uh, when uh, he vehemently denied having an affair with a certain White House intern I I want you to listen to me the president declared uh, finger pointing with indignation Um, I am going to say this again I did not have sexual relations with that woman Ms. Lewinsky and of course however we know that uh well, I he did. was a lawyer. I so. did have a relationship with Mr. Whiskey. That well, was he, he not appropriate. Every male Every male in America. It was all one-sided. All one-sided. one-sided. <laughs> this is crude, but it's true. Every male in America now will say a BJ is not cheating. Well, I don't know if say it's not cheating. What I would say is when they were asking him in the deposition, when Ken Starr was grilling him for hours... The question was, did you have sex with them? And that became the question. <laughs> and, right, and he hit him with the lawyer semantics. And he goes, it matters what the, what the word is, is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, one of the greatest yeah. lines. Oh, yeah. My yeah. wife did not understand this logic and uh, threatened me with every inch of my life if I decided to venture that way, so I did As not. As any 
wife should it's uh, not in an open relationship <laughs> would I, in a weird way bizarrely as a dude technically agree with the guy in the sense that if you ask did you have sex with her no yeah, it looks like a sexual act to me. Yeah, the relationships. Yeah. No, but 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 it's how the question was asked. No, if relations makes it open. Yeah, but they didn't say relations. He said he said relations. They just asked, "Did you have sex with the woman?" And he was like, "No, I did not." <laughs> and so he actually added the word relations. I know. And, his and you know, so all, the, all the hardcore feminists out there are going to be pissy about it. I mean, but you know, Slick Willie had his ways. So we'll go from a president to an OJ. OJ. So OJ So now this is what. So the actual, the actual. OJ uh, case is I'm not going to even put that as the what the fuck here's the what the fuck so um, because and and rightfully or wrongfully I'm going to say that as being the only black person sitting at the table rightfully or wrongfully black people in America were like oh my god a brother got off for killing a white woman in America I can't fucking believe it that's actually what the celebration was about. It really, it wasn't that they didn't believe he did it. It wasn't that they didn't want him to go to jail for doing it. They just couldn't believe it happened in America. So, you get off. You more than likely, I'm going to say more likely, because I believe he did it. You more than likely did this shit. But, I, I don't know if he did it, but that's why I say more than likely. You more than likely did this shit and got away with it. So, what do you do? <laughs> you get mad at somebody for stealing some memorabilia of yours, and you go with some friends and start steal it back. Start pistol whipping people to steal your shit back, and you get thrown in prison any goddamn and way. And Chris does not agree with this, <laughs> but that is karma at its finest. Yeah, hey, and that's karma. And then you karma. And then you write. Then you. I have to agree with anomalous female on that. That's yep. that is karma. karma. <laughs> you know, we have an old saying in my business: what goes around comes around. Definitely. And then it, you get a book a deal, and I don't even know if the book actually came out. It, I can't remember. It did not. She okay. she approached him yeah. about the book Judith Regan is one of the most famous publishers yeah. in American publishing history. Approached him about the book. They wrote this entire book together. Yeah, if if I did it, yeah, and the name of the book. Not only did they not release the book, <laughs> if I did it, she immediately was fired. Big question mark. Yes. Like three questions. She got I was fired like, the next "Are you day. serious? Wow, right now? did she? She got what? She got fired the next day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It and was she, that would be like firing the biggest publisher in American history. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're losing a shit ton of money by firing her. But yeah, but the backlash was such yeah. that. Not yeah. a good idea. If I did it. But from her point of view. This is how I would have did it. It would have been an amazing book. Uh, it would have been an amazing book. That is stupidity, though. Really? Like, I mean. I would have read that book so fast. <laughs> People would have read it. People would have read it. But There's trashier books out there. There are. But that was so controversial an issue that why would you ever think to write a, I mean, well, I guess I want to make some money. Well, more than it. So it, the entire story is even more bizarre. He had a very, very, very crafty financial guy 
uh, do this exception convoluted trust scheme, and that's actually where the money was being funneled into. Because remember, he owns, he still owes the Goldman thirty three million, million dollars, yeah. so he can't collect any money. Right. The only thing they can't touch is his NFL pension. So a guy set up a trust form that he was going to draw a pension on based on proceeds of the book. Ah. And so it was a very crafty way of avoiding the entire civil suit. So can I plug a friend's show? Uh. <laughs> it's on uh, Investigation Discovery, and it's O.J. Innocent, and it's the missing evidence, and it's all the recent evidence, a three-part special, and it starts it. on January 15th, they never, 2017. They never found it, so a lot. But it's, it's a really good show. Like when they said they found the knife that the cop had in his house on, <laughs> not to be the knife. We we if we will see one day we should do a podcast <laughs> just on this because I will actually oh, to the day I die. you know yeah I mean, once again that's why I say I think he did it but I don't know for sure but yes I think do I think it. everybody except Chris thinks he did it but but you know what knows the case knew he was a he was the perfect example of innocent until proven guilty they could not. They jacked up that totally jacked it up investigation so bad. You can't point to a single piece of evidence that was not tampered with by the police. Oh, absolutely! Uh, and you also would have to convince yourself that the guy was so stupid he was able to commit the murder. He decides to take off one glove and leave it at the crime scene. Exactly. Drives home. There's hardly any blood in his car except for wet blood they did find had lab preservative in it. Then yeah. he. Climbs over his fence, takes off the other glove, and leaves that in his backyard. But then, no bloody clothes, no bloody weapon, no anything else could they ever find. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's just, that's just too stupid for words. Yeah. It's so clearly planted, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying, again, I, I won't say he didn't do it, but yeah. I am saying police corruption is infinitely worse. Oh, and, and yeah. L.A. Yeah. police yeah. corruption is, is famous, yeah. Oh. yeah it, yes, and I know you're from L.A., but... Yes, the L.A. police are famously corrupt. They video yes, they they oh, like Kansas City o'clock. police. No, uh, no it's no, a different level. It's a different level of famously corrupt. It's just a corrupt. different level of population. No, they, well, no. no. They videotaped this room at 4 o'clock. There were no bloody socks on the floor. They re-videotaped re- it at 4.15. There's bloody socks on the floor with lab them, with the blood going all the way through the sock, which is impossible if your foot's actually in the sock. So, I mean, it's just all kinds of stupid crap that they did. The dude, the cop carried around... The vial of blood in his pocket all day long. That's <laughs> <laughs> really stupid. Are you yeah. serious? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll go down in history as one of the oh. worst cops of all time. Oh, <laughs> so this is why it'd be a fun podcast. Oh, yeah. But that yeah. would be a just, Brentwood cop. There's like in the luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the Absolutely. luxury cops. Those are like Beverly Hills cops. They yeah. don't even know how to please. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you're right. <laughs> and uh, out there in podcast land, uh, be, uh, stay tuned because there will be uh, an OJ uh, edition of the podcast. But I think this, I think that should be hilarious. Which moves us forward in time to uh, the uh, what the fucks that I added to the list. <laughs> and uh, saw these coming first, first being, <laughs> first being Sarah Palin. Um, oh, so, uh, what to start with about Sarah Palin? So, what, look, can, can I ask a question? Please. Dave, we yes. know that you are... A Republican. Yes. How did how did you feel about Sarah Palin what during the f- during the election? <laughs> <laughs> In the years after, <laughs> you thought what the fuck at the time? Oh, absolutely. I, I. Well, she has McCain was a weak candidate anyway. McCain was really a weak candidate in the first place, in my opinion. I just thought, you know, 
he literally got the nomination due to the fact that he was next in line. He had been in government way too long. McCain is one of these people who should have gone away a long time ago. Uh, I, I, I think Senator McCain has, has served his country well. I don't have a problem with that. But he should have gone away about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. He really should have. Even after the election, he should have just retired just to the retired. ranch and, yeah. and had a good time. But, you know, he, he didn't even hardly vet anybody else. He, he had gone to a, a, a gubernatorial uh, conference, and, and, and Palin was there, and she, she's good-looking, fast-talking, straight-shooting, talking Yeah, she's, she's good person, in the world. you know, and, and she, had but. Done, she had done fairly well as a governor of Alaska, but it's Alaska. I mean, Alaska is a but wild territory very... that has a ton of oil revenue for every citizen that lives there. And well, they had an but how long had she been governor? Wasn't that a couple years? It was like years? one term, yeah. yeah you know, but you know, so it you had a lot of other better candidates out there. I mean, actually, a half. I've always been. A bit, I always thought somebody like if if he'd gone with Mitt Romney as his running mate in that situation, even though that proved wrong because a lot of people want to vote for a Mormon, which was just insane. You At know, that time, it's kind of funny because now it doesn't. Well, maybe now it's a big issue again, but but you know, so sure. you know, I I I think he picked the, the wrong money running mate for the for the time. I think he wanted to pick a woman. I think he wanted to try to you know have somebody out there. And there, if he wanted, really wanted to pick a woman, there was a lot more candidates out there that would have been a lot more interesting. You know, you look at somebody like Condoleezza Rice. You could have gone with a black educated woman that is just incredibly intelligent and charismatic and knows her stuff. I don't think they, they would have allowed that. They won't so, even. They won't even. Not, they won't even accept a white woman, much less any other race. Right. So, well, well I think they would in today's world. I think that's. I don't think that's totally true. There's anymore. a chance following the Iraq War that you could have gotten Condoleezza yeah. Rice and won. But the he made. He made a bad choice and definitely paid the price for it. So I honestly think don't. I do not believe he made the worst choice. Uh, and again, looking back on things, you can go. She's a moron, and agree. <laughs> but I think you got to consider what he was up against at the time. And they did the HBO documentary, which I thought was fairly compelling in laying out the reason why. I mean, he had to do something big. You could not have taken a Mitt Romney or yet another white dude, and they would just get the same old boy. They would over o- overreached him as far as their. The, pop- I don't think anybody overreached. <clears throat> I don't. I just don't think he had the popularity and, and the charisma. He did. He lost it in the primaries. I mean, John McCain was a was a phenomenally popular guy, but that was because he would always re- go against the Republican Party in a lot of things. He was a classic guy you and I have talked about a million times. He right. was the Bob Dole, Tip O'Neill, let's get shit done guy, yeah. and yeah. would do stuff to make the government actually go forward. I, 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 I respect him for it. Yeah, and respect him for it. You yeah. always respect people for it until you get into a primary, and you literally have to flip back on everything you said to make the crazies vote for you so you win the, to get to the general, and yep. then you need to flip back to try to get back to the center somehow. Right, right, and right. at that point, it was just nobody knows who the hell you are anymore. And so he had to do something big. And he's going up against one of the smartest, uh, most eloquent, hope-inspiring people, candidates that's ever run, who had infinitely less experience than he did. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the experience level, yeah. they both had about the same level of experience. I right. mean, he was a state senator who spent one term in the U.S. and big deal. Yeah. You know, he didn't have any qualifications either. So Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't qualifications. It was just that he was smart and she was a moron. Right. And, you know, like, you know, like, but 
Remember, yeah. remember the huge bump he got on the polls after picking her, and oh yeah, she gave incredible speeches. Yeah, that's to say until she's good she in the room. Until she she's not good one on one with another with, against a smart person. Once she had to sit down and talk <laughs> national politics. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> let me give you a perfect example of, of Sarah Palin. Trump was campaigning in Iowa, and if everybody remembers, they brought out Sarah. He brought out Sarah Palin, because Sarah Palin was endorsing him. Yeah. And that was the most uncomfortable I've ever seen Trump in my life when he had to stand off back on the stage and Palin's up there going through her ehaws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the dude was uncomfortable. I mean, real uncomfortable. Oh, he? yeah. She was, she was doing her thing and it's her thing and she's good at it. But, but that's it, an endorsement you need to take. It's kind of like Trump with what the hell I just get myself into. Yeah, I think I think anybody who uh, who has attached themselves to Sarah Palin for any length of time comes away with the same thing that I came away with, and why she wound up on my list. What the fuck? Which brings us <laughs> to today. And uh, okay, so Donald Trump wound up on my list of what the fucks, um, not because. He's an in general what the fuck, but because uh, I think the result of the election, I actually believe even for people who voted for him was still what the fuck. And now you know it was like like they. I think people are were in such disbelief it actually happened. I think it was kind of the same response. As kind of black people with the OJ case. Just, what the fuck? Like, you couldn't believe it happened. Um, did they just say, you know, the president-elect, 45th president-elect Donald Trump? And I think that was the what the fuck. Because um, I think so many people discounted the possibility of it happening. You know, and... Um, and I'm a female to tell you, I definitely never discounted the possibility of it happening. I, you know, I didn't vote for him, wouldn't have voted for him for a hundred different reasons, but I never discounted the fact that it could happen. In the last two or three weeks, I really saw the possibilities of it happening because I was watching some of Hillary's speeches at the time and she was melting down. And she she was she was losing it at that point, and she was not garnering a, a a great public opinion from it. And did she suffer from coming in the emails and all this? That's true, but more or less, more than anything, she suffered from herself. You and know that I was. Uh, I think you can only take so much before you do break. It doesn't. I mean, she's I a human she kind being. Of, I, I think you're right. I think she kind of broke at the end. Yeah, yeah. you know, well, I don't she, think was, she did. I think honestly, well, I, I, she I, thought she was so far ahead that they just went. Yeah, I, I feel like it was like I, watching the Chiefs game yesterday. Yeah, I, you yeah. think you're going to win the game? You yeah. just don't want to make a mistake. Right. Yeah. So you just yeah. stop. Well, you know, it's, you know, and I think it's like you said. I think with uh, when we were talking uh, Dewey and Truman, you know, I think it was, you know, if you underestimate your opponent you're bound to lose to them. And I think America underestimated Donald I, Trump. I, it and, is, go I ahead. Just, no. Well, in this case, I think the media actually was a huge disservice. And working in the media, 
I think, in fact, that most people believed that were on the Democratic side that Hillary was going to win, and that was because of the media. And they gave everybody this idea, and I don't know if it added to the fact that maybe people didn't get out that should have because they thought it was the slam dunk. I mean, everybody well, they, believed she wh- wh- was going Which to win. is the actual reason that I said it could happen because I felt like every news outlet, um, even conservative news outlets, um, were saying that it's very, very likely that Hillary's going to win this thing. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. I think the Democrats were like, I think they felt comfortable. So, because I talked to and, and listened to other podcasts and of uh, so many people who were like, you know, I didn't get out and vote and now I regret it. And, or at the time, I, I blew off all of the stuff going on around me and, and, uh, and I wish I wouldn't have at the time. And so I think, you know, and, and, and I, was, I was talking one day or I was talking about um, like all of the protesters at the beginning and how like a, a large chunk of the arrested protesters um, hadn't either hadn't even registered or definitely hadn't voted. So there was like half of the people that they were arresting from the protests. You know, it's like, it's that's, too that's late. Your, that's your typical protest. Yeah, but it was just kind of, yeah. They yeah, truly I mean, morons with so much free time on their hands. And like, <laughs> you're, you were the problem and not the answer. Obviously well, not working yeah, very much. That's exactly how I feel about it. And if you want to go back and go, well, Obama's created all these jobs and blah, blah, blah. Well, then where's your job? Because you apparently either have a shit ton of vacation time or, <laughs> or you just got weeks to stand out in the street and complain about shit. You know, when you didn't even bother to register. And I'm not a big believer that just because well, you don't vote doesn't mean you don't get an opinion. Yeah. What I am a, a, an advocate of is, have a, seriously, have a real opinion. Then. Like, uh, if you're this interested in politics... Then actually, be interested in politics. But we were, a moron. we were talking about the number of people that went out and protested, that were arrested, that they showed they were registered voters and didn't <coughs> vote. Sure. I'm like, don't go out and protest something you didn't even fight for. Right. But I, this is, and this is what I was. I don't think you always have the right to protest whether you voted or not. I just think, you know, if you were so enraged, mm-hmm. you know, and so engaged in the political system and blah blah blah, then you probably. Would have and should have voted or canvassed or done all this. And we are. And they, they yeah. said half well, of the registered say. voters in the country well, didn't vote. Well, that that also easier. turns around and ties into a what the fuck this happened this last week. Whereas with the electoral college coming on and all these electoral college people getting thousands and thousands of emails telling them not to vote for Trump, which is, in, in my opinion, is, is a total crock of shit. Well, you have to remember, though, as as a citizen, you only have a certain amount, a way of communicating your distress. They were and also that's, getting... that's emailing, writing, calling right. your... I don't have a problem with that, but these people were harassed. I mean, well, you got to remember, too, some states... Huh? But, are tied to their their right. state's some, some are results and some are not. And there have been some electors that have said, you know, no matter what my state went for, consciously, I can't vote for. And they got fined $1,000 know, for yeah, switching their vote. Yeah, and uh, so... Uh, that's the penalty. You know, at the end of it, you know, I'll, I'll say this before I, before I uh, end today's podcast. 
uh, out there in podcast land, um, you know, protesting um, has worked for some things in history, but uh, pro- protest without organization is just out in the street screaming, and that, and that doesn't help anything. So what we have is our vote. So uh, get registered, go and vote. And not just presidential elections, because to tell you the truth, uh, even local elections. It starts the, the, with the local start, elections. It, exactly. No, it, 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 matters. It, it matters. All, it all matters. You know, shit, vote for dog catcher. Whatever the hell you can vote for, vote for it. Because, especially local, that's the stuff that touches your life every day. So... And I don't care if you're voting Democratic or Republican or some third party, some third party, you want to write in Mickey Mouse, but go and vote. Don't just sit at home and complain at the television or complain at the talk radio show that is already espousing the things that you want to hear in the first place. Actually go and make your voice heard. And how our voice is heard in America is through our vote. Heck, my mother-in-law voted for the Pope. At least she voted for somebody. Hey, hey, I'll say that we've had this conversation. I do, I do not want That's anybody right. stupid to ever vote. I wish people would not vote. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish would stay home I think you stupid. should be educated in what you're voting for. Yes. Well, I, well, That's yes. The problem. The, the, the problem is well, right to vote. I think you're right. You've done the work to vote. I think that. Yes, I actually do agree with uh, with, with Chris on that point. Uh, an educated electorate is what makes the difference. This is why we have so, the Electoral College. So, Which is the reason why we still have the Electoral College. So for all of you out there that is saying, get rid of the Electoral College, um, I'm not saying that um, there doesn't need to be um, some things about the Electoral College uh, called into question or some level of modernization of the process. But what I will say is, uh, if you're at home, uh, you know, complaining because you, you, you didn't avail yourself of the rights that you have as an American citizen, um, I'm not saying don't complain. I'm saying, uh, what the fuck? And with that, uh, I'm going to end this podcast in a way I end all podcasts. And that is with the uh, toast that started it all for me. And that is, to good times with good people.